Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Alongside Myron Medcalf, I'm Michelle Smallman. It is Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. And Myron, my partner... First things first, I have to ask you, based off that great yeah. open, do you have any hair decisions that you regret? When you when you go through the old photo book, do you ever look back at a hairstyle and you think, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Probably like age 12 to 18 was, was the whole thing. <laughs> a solid six-year window there. <laughs> I was trying to do, I was trying to do like what, like different rappers had different looks. So I was trying to like do what they did and my hair didn't really do what theirs did. So... Yeah, twelve to eighteen was rough. Like if you look at the pictures, you know you can see that I was I was trying too hard. So probably that six year period for me. Okay, yeah, for me it was bangs. I've done it a couple times. Okay. You know, okay. I I blame Anne Hathaway and the Devil Wears Prada. She rocked okay, the yeah. bangs. She looked phenomenal. And I think so many girls in this country were like, "Yeah, we could do that. Cut me some bangs." Yeah. Terrible decision. <laughs> it does not look good on every person. I got the splice right in the middle. They could okay. not be tamed. Okay. It was a rough decision. It was a rough decision. Okay. All right. You well, you know, you, learn. you live and you learn. You I know, regret well, nothing. You don't regret your bleach blonde. <laughs> okay. What was it? No. Plat- platinum blonde. Oh yeah, it was James? Ric Flair blonde. Yeah, Ric really? Flair. So it was white. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was like blonde. white. It was blonde. very very blonde. Bordering on Ric Flair blonde. So would you go what back years? to it? Is the real question? I'm not allowed. Your your significant other, your wife says no. Yes, Lisa's. I I've asked. She's the boss, and she said no. Absolutely not. See, but you got a great beard though, so I'm jealous of you. Like I can't mm-hmm. grow a beard. You know, like I can't grow one out. So I'm always jealous when you know. I, I wish uh, I had a. I thought about getting a fake beard, actually. I don't know if I told you. <laughs> I that, Excuse me, what? That so be people worse, are doing yeah. that. No, people are doing that now, Michelle. Like, so no. people are doing these fake beard, fake goatee things. For real, it's, it's out there, 100%. They're doing this, like, fake goatee, fake beard thing. And I was thinking about it. Like, I, I considered what do you, it. Do you glue it on your face? I don't know how it really works, but, like, you can get, like, a fake beard kind of thing, goatee thing. And I was like, what if I just showed up with it? You know, I think people might be impressed. They might laugh. I don't know, but you, I considered it. I think gotta, they would laugh. Yeah, I think you got to make sure that me? you got to make sure For you sure. don't have to sneeze, Myron. That's a risk. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if you put on the fake beard and then you go outside, your pollen allergy kicks in, <laughs> right. you blow it your cover? Would that would be rough. Right. I, I would look, look like an undercover detective. Right? Like I would have that kind of like that look with it. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe not. You definitely Maybe would look like you, you work for the feds. All right. Well, that would yeah. be a risky decision. You know what wasn't? Taking Victor Wembanyama number one overall. You Let's are talk- so good at that, Michelle. You. you see how you just did? That's, you know you're what? great at that. Transitions, the name of the game. Yeah. But it's official. It's the it's the Victor Wembanyama era. It begins tonight as the Spurs take on the Hornets in Summer League, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And we know about the skill. We know about the size. We know about the poise. So, Myron, when Wemby makes his debut tonight, what are you going to be locked in on? What do you want to see from him in his first game? I mean, I've had a chance to see him, you know, in Vegas. I just think him on an NBA court, um, and A, how long does he play? Like yeah. I, I bet it's less than 10 minutes. 
But I think people will see that he's a different kind of athlete. Like we talked about Shohei Otani. Um, You know, there are some players out there where you're like, okay, that's just not like anything we've ever seen. And I think people will see that immediately. The way he handles the ball, the way he moves at that size, um, his versatility, his speed. I mean, it's like a creator player at seven foot four. So I think just watching him move around the court will be fascinating to watch. I don't know how good he'll be because I don't know how long he'll play. Um, And that scrutiny is going to be intense on him. But I think people will see rather quickly, like, this is a guy who we have never seen in the NBA. And it's going to be fascinating to watch him develop. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Myron. I just want to see him in action and see what it looks like in real time. But I also am very interested to see how San Antonio manages the time on the court with the minutes. Because one of the big questions about Wemby is the body size. How is his body going to develop? How is it going to withstand the the physicality that comes in the NBA through the entirety of the season. So I'm going to be interested to see how they handle that. Let's hear from our ESPN basketball analyst, Seth Greenberg. What does he think everyone's going to see in Wemby's debut? To me, we always talk about offensive range. Victor's got defensive range. His ability to contest and protect the front of the rim. He blocks shots that others just can't block. His ability to contest on the perimeter, contest at the rim, to cover ground. He's almost like a cornerback that all of a sudden they ask that quarterback to make that pass and then jumps that route. That's his ability. His range, so his ability to cover ground, and then offensively, his skill set. He is not a low post player. He's a perimeter player. Think Ralph Sampson, think Kevin Durant. He's going to handle the ball. He's going to knock down threes. He is a willing passer, has a great feel for the game, can stretch the floor. He is a unique talent offensively and defensively, but his defensive range is what you'll see tonight. From a pure entertainment entertainment standpoint, Myron, how fun is this yeah. going to be? I mean, when's the last time you were this hyped to watch a summer league game? I mean, maybe Zion, but I mean, this is different because at least we saw Zion in college. This is this is different. I saw pictures of kids lining up at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, in man. Vegas to, to get into the building. Um, they had their chairs. They had everything ready to go. So I think it's going to be a different kind of debut. And then when you see him do all of these things where you're like, wow, how does a guy at seven foot four move like this? But it will take time for him to develop, you know? So I don't know how much patience people will have. You look at Embiid, MVP, didn't play the first three years in the NBA. Yes, Jokic is now a two-time MVP and NBA champion. His early years, his body was still developing and preparing for the NBA game. Giannis was skinny when he came into the NBA and had to put on that weight and muscle so I think Victor may not get the same patience, but you'll see it right away, and the buzz will be very, very big, and I'm excited. He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Joe and Amber, and it is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance, protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance, and cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Coming up next... How much of a hit has Damian Lillard's likability taken since his trade request? We want to hear from you, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And we'll discuss it next on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. He would add so much to Joel and B. I personally feel like the Sixers need to go all in for Damian Lillard. You're telling me Dame Lillard doesn't want to play in New York City? The Heat, they're going to exhaust every single opportunity to get this done. The story of Damian Lillard and Portland is ending soon. It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. And Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's no Joe, no Amber. It's Myron Medcalf and Michelle Smallman. And Myron, since a week ago, when Damian Lillard informed Portland that the story of them was ending and he requested a trade, it's been interesting to see how this develops because... He made it clear that he wants to go to Miami. Now we're hearing reports that if he doesn't get to his preferred destination, that he's not going to report. He's just going to sit out. And we're wondering, do you like Damian Lillard less now than you did before he requested a trade? 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Myron, how are you viewing Portland in all of this? Because it seems to me like they're in a, in a powerful position because they hold all the cards. Yes, Damian made made sure to tell them where he wants to go, but they're the ones that are commanding the package for him. I think they're being smart and waiting to get the best deal. Like I think you have to be selfish in this moment. Again, if you want to accommodate Dame, I get it. Do they owe him? I think they should try to do right by him and try to accommodate him, but not at their own expense. I'm not trading Dame and getting less than what I deserve. They are losing a franchise player in a small market. Michelle, you know how hard it is to find another franchise player. Like Organizations go decades Mm -hmm. without getting a guy like that when you're in a small market, especially in this climate where all the stars are going to three or four different cities and nowhere else. So I think if you're the Blazers, you got to say, okay, how do I get better? How do I rebuild? I don't care what Dame wants ahead of what I need for my team. So I think the Blazers are smart to be patient and to wait and to not just rush to make Dame happy. 
Well, let's hear from our ESPN NBA insider, Brian Winhorst. Myron, he went on the Old Man in the Three podcast with J.J. Redick and talked about the Blazers' process through the Damian Lillard potential trade. The Blazers have been in a rebuild for two years. They just didn't tell anybody. You know that new phenomenon, quiet quitting? They were quietly rebuilding. Now, last year, Dame got hurt, so it made more sense. But they tanked last year. They gave Dame the extension, which they didn't have to do. But they gave it to him without a no-trade clause. So there was an inherent wink-wink. Even if Dame didn't see it that way, they were basically locking him in to make him a more of an asset. Because if he had played one more year and he only had one year left on his contract, he would have had vastly more control. Then they went into this last season, and at the deadline, they traded away Josh Hart. Now, I'm not saying that Josh Hart is the difference between being the 11th seed and being the 6th seed, but that is a high-quality player that they gave away for a draft pick. That is a rebuilding team move. And then they tanked again at the end of this last season, and it worked. By the way, they ended up moving up in the draft. They drafted two majors in back-to-back years. So all of those moves are not the moves of a team competing. Again, that was Wendy on the Old Man in the Three podcast with J.J. Redick. And Myron, I looked it up. Here is quiet quitting. Quiet quitting, the term means you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. So Wendy's suggesting that for a while now, Portland has been in a quiet rebuild. Do you agree with that assessment? I I agree that they've been trying to get young talent. I mean, Scoot Henderson was at the game that I saw against Victor Wimbanyama. He's an incredible player. Mm -hmm. So I certainly think they've been thinking – about the future. The problem with the whole having the power in all this is like, it still feels like Dame has a lot of power, even with a deal that has four years left on it. Right. At the, and also if you wanted to trade him, let's say this is a very restrictive deal, Michelle, Damian Lillard turns 33 next week, July 15th. He'll be 33 years old. He's going to make $45 million this year. Next season, he'll make 48 million. 25, 26, he's going to make $58 million. He'll be 36 years old. 20, 26, 27, going into year 37 for him, or age 37, $63.2 million. So this deal isn't really set up to be traded. I think whoever gets him, and it looks like Miami wants him, has to be banking on the idea that there may be a decline, like most guys in their mid-30s, and you're going to owe him 58 or $63 million. So I still feel like Portland maybe added some young pieces, but I think they were hoping that Damian Lillard would want to stay. The phone lines are blowing up. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. A lot of people want to join the conversation about Damian Lillard. Let's start with Harold in Memphis. Harold, welcome to Joe and Amber. What do you think about the Damian Lillard situation? Oh, uh, Good evening. How y'all doing? We're great. Thanks. Uh, first, good. first of all, I think as loyal, loyal, a loyal as he's been to uh, his team, the Portland Trailblazers, all these years, and watching them not build a championship culture around him, for him to ask for a trade request at this point, I don't think is tarnishing his legacy or anything. I do think the afterthoughts that are coming from his agent saying that he would not, he would possibly not even suit up for preseason or pre-camp or whatever training camp for any team they send him to outside of Miami is making him look bad. He didn't put in the no-trade clause when he signed that massive contract. When he got all that money, he did not make sure he had a no-trade clause in there. Another thing that uh, your co-host just said, he thought that Portland was hoping that 
Damian stayed around. Their last two players they really spent money and draft picks on were players that are guards. They were guard heavy and young on on talent. I don't think keeping Damian Lillard was in their plan. I think they was in an all out rebuild. Yeah, All out rebuild. Fair. Thanks for the call, Harold. Go yeah, ahead. Andrew Anthony Simons. He's talking about Shaden Sharp. I mean, some of the young pieces they have now. Scoot Henderson. Uh, yes, there were some young guards in the mix, but teams don't just surrender franchise players, especially a guy who had his best season of his career last year. Dame averaged thirty-two points per game. So, so the hope is you can blend all of that together. I just don't think there's any way that the Blazers were thinking. You know what? He might want out. And it's going to be easy to unload a 33-year-old's four-year, $200 million deal. They would have had more power if he had a year left on his deal, and they could have just sent him out that way. So I I think either way, the Blazers are moving towards the future. They hope Dan will be a part of it. He won't be a part of it. And now they got to figure out what's best for them. Because I'm not trading Damian Lillard unless I'm getting a guy who's on the cusp of being an all-star. Like, I need an, a, a guy who's at that level in order to make a move on Damian Lillard. I always just, as well, think about being in Joe Cronin's seat. As if it's not hard enough to navigate all of this, you're a fresh GM, you're trying to get what is likely going to be a deal and a package that's going to define your tenure in that seat in Portland. And then you have Damian Lillard's agent calling around to prospective trade partners, warning against trading for his clients, saying that if you go out and acquire him, he's going to be unhappy because he only wants to go to Miami. It's a tough enough job anyway, and now you have his agent out there working against you. It's It's a rough spot to be in. Let's take another call on Damian Lillard. Mike in Manhattan. Welcome to the show, Mike. What do you have to say? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, to me, I just think this is uh, gamesmanship by his uh, his agent who's doing a good job of that. He has one of the best agents in Goodwin. So, Dame, we know, is an ultimate professional. He's not uh, he's not a cancer like uh, Kyrie or even Harden. So, wherever he goes, you know he'll show up and he's uh, going to be a professional. So, I just think this is his agent's way of trying to get a Miami ball. Ultimately, if you're the Blazers, you got to do a special for franchise him. That means sending them to Philly. If Philly is going to move on, if I'm Philly, if they can get uh, Maxi, I'll take Maxi because that kid is an ascending stud and a superstar in the league. And Portland already showed they're moving on from Dame. The minute they moved on from McCollum, who were their two franchise player with Dame Lillard a couple years ago, then they traded off a couple other parts. They moved on. I think to them, Scoot Henderson Henderson's their future. So at this point, they've already moved on from Dame, and I think they should. He's an older veteran player, and they're not getting closer to championships. So I think you got a fresh start now here with Scoot Henderson, Simon Sharp. they got a nice squad in that uh, KC, OKC mode where I think they're going to send in the West. So ultimately, they're going to hold out and get what's best for them. If Boston, too, if you can get something out of them. But I think ultimately, they're waiting for Philly to see if they can get Maxi because I don't think they want Tyler Hero. Or otherwise, the, yeah. the Miami Heat trade would have been done. But I don't think they would have because they have enough guards. So uh, Portland has all the power in the situation, and Dame is going to yeah, be professional wherever he goes. Thanks for the call. Real quick, they can't get Maxi. Like I mean, the Sixers have made it clear that they're not trading Maxi. Right. And again, real quick, Damian Lillard is coming off a career year, averaging thirty-two points a game, best year of his career. So I just I don't think any team, especially a small market team, is like, yeah, let him go. That's not how the NBA works. He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Michelle Smallman. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 is the number if you want to join the conversation. But coming up next, more of your calls. 
if you want to call in and talk about Damian Lillard's likability. Plus, it's time to rank some stuff. Myron and I will give you our top five coaches in the NFL. That's next on Joe and Amber. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An absolute bop, Myron Medcalf. I'm Brittany Michelle Smallman. Britney's catalog is unmatched. She had hits. Ugh. It's becoming a bit of a circus between Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the Another ESPN app. <laughs> Serious X. Killing it, Michelle. <laughs> Uh, we should see. We should try to do that one time, Myron. You can give me <laughs> two things and see if I can make a transition out of it. I bet a you lot. Can. A lot of people want to get in on the conversation. Eight 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 say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's go to West Palm Beach and talk to Sam, who has an opinion on Damian Lillard. What's up, Sam? Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Good. All right. So yeah, first and foremost, I'm a uh, Miami Heat diehard fan. Heat lifer. So we're ready for Dane to come to uh, Miami. Um, I, I do understand Portland trying to do what's uh, best for their for their uh, franchise. However, uh, Dame has been extremely loyal, and they haven't done much for him as far as getting anyone there. Not to mention the market isn't the most popular market. I mean, honestly, you don't see too many people trying to go to Portland. So I don't see how it's going to get any better for him. Um, hopefully, they will accept what Miami is offering. I'm pretty sure Pat. Uh, you know, and the rest of the crew, Mickey and all those guys, they're putting together things that hopefully they will take. But, I mean, I'm not upset with his agent, you know, going hard and speaking on his behalf. I mean, he's just basically saying things that Dame don't really want to say to be unprofessional. I mean, that's his job. And, I mean, uh, the truth is if they were to send him somewhere else, he isn't going to be happy. He's already voiced his, his, his um his reasons for wanting to come to Miami, you know, him and Bama tight. So, you know, we're just hoping that we can get this deal done and he can land in Miami. And I do believe that once Man. he gets there, we'll be back in the finals next year and possibly bring home a title. <laughs> I don't think you could talk to Miami people about this because they're so spoiled. They're not rational you know, about course, it. Of course he wants to go to Miami. Who doesn't want to go to Miami? Of course you're siding with the agent and saying, hey, just accommodate him. He's been loyal. Like, I don't understand this argument of the Blazers didn't do anything to help Dame. They were in the Western Conference Finals, I think, four or five years ago. They've been a playoff team. They're just not better than the Warriors or, or the Lakers or some of those other good teams in the West. It's not like they haven't been a playoff team. So I don't know what you can do as a small market team other than draft good talent and develop it. Worked for the Denver Nuggets. They won a championship. Worked for yep. the Milwaukee Bucks. They had Giannis. So... Dame has to be the guy to lead that. It didn't work out. That's fine. But don't act like he's a victim, Michelle. Like, don't act like he's no. been suffering in Portland for the last decade and everybody should feel sorry for him and get him to Miami. You can miss me with that nonsense. Up until a week ago, he left Portland and wanted to stay there. He, he met with the organization and seemed committed to them. 
He has yeah. talked ad nauseum about how much he loves Portland, how he and his family are so entrenched in the community, and how he loves the Blazers organization. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But, you know, Myron, I used to be a big Frank Goshen fan, but then he, uh, I went to Coachella to see him. It did not end well. That was a weird show. Yeah, it was, uh, I want my money back, Frank. Okay, I want my money back. (laughs) But he has a great line in one of his songs that he sees both sides like Chanel. And I see both sides of this. I actually see all three sides of this like Chanel. We're talking triple C's. I see where Portland is at. I see how they want to get the best possible package that they can for Dame. I see his side, that he wants to win a championship. And I see the agent side. If I'm the agent... Yes, I'm in Damian Lillard's employ. I am doing whatever yeah. I can so that he gets what he wants because that is the only thing that I'm paid to do is for him to be happy and to get to a place where he is content and he can win. So it's an interesting conversation to have because every lane here, the people are doing the right thing, but there's not going to be a compromise. So one side inevitably is going to be unhappy when this whole thing gets shaken out. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't. Make everybody happy. I do think, though, Dame has been very careful about his reputation. I do think that matters a lot to him. And and his connection to Portland is bigger than basketball. He's got youth organization. His family members have businesses all across that city. Like, Damian Lillard is bigger than the sport. And there is a connection to those fans that will live on beyond whatever happens here. Dame's got to think about that day when he comes back to Portland when they retire his number in Jersey and they introduce his statue and what that relationship is going to be like, you don't want there to be hard feelings because of what's going to happen in these next couple of weeks. That's where I think the agent is maybe going a little too far. Everybody knows Dame wants to go to Miami. Every superstar in his position over the last decade has gotten what they wanted. He'll go to Miami. Just let it all play out instead of making threats. When I hear he's going to be unhappy, Michelle, like, what does that mean? Everybody's going to be sitting at the table and Damian Lillard's going to take his lunch and go to another table if you trade him to the Knicks? Like, what do you mean unhappy? I just don't understand it. He's not going to report and get $45 million? Come on, everybody. Stop being ridiculous. Let the process play out and stop making it seem like Dame is some victim in all this. He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Joe and Amber, and Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of unhappy, we're about to make some fan bases unhappy because it's time to rank our top five NFL coaches. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown! To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five head coaches. Number five. All right, Myron. So we ha- Let's go. Yeah, he, he hasn't coached this team yet. So oh. people might say, how can you put him on the list? But Sean Payton's number, number five right now for me. Uh, I'm sure he'll move up higher on the list as time goes on. Uh, what he'll end up doing with the Denver Broncos and fixing Russell Wilson if he can be fixed. Um, but because he's had some time off, I'm putting Sean Payton at number five. But that's only because of inactivity, not because of what I think of him as a coach. Number four. Were you going to respond to that? How do we do it? You know what? You know what? You, why don't you roll through them all? I'll okay, take I'll roll some notes my- and, and then we'll, I'll have my, my comments at the end. So here's the weird one. I got Mike Tomlin. And here's the thing. I understand that Mike Tomlin could be on the hot seat. I understand that every year we're going, what are the Rooney's going to do? 
He was like MacGyver last year. <laughs> like, how did he not finish below 500 with that team? I think that to me is what a coach is. What can you do when you don't have all the star pieces? He's in a crazy division and somehow he, he doesn't finish uh, with a, a really bad record, or it could have been a lot worse, I should say. I actually think they were eight and nine, but it could have been four wins for those Steelers. Uh, so I still think Mike Tomlin is right there, number four. I think he's a top five coach. Number three. Uh, number three for me is Sean McDermott. Everybody knows what he's done uh, in Buffalo. I mean, they got to figure out this Devon Diggs situation. Feels like that could be drama that lasts throughout the season, but uh, that's a great coach. I think they're right there. This could be their year to win a Super Bowl. They got a big stadium coming. Um, I just think Sean McDermott uh, has been an incredible coach and in building that team to what it is right now. And you got to give them full credit. Number two. Number two is interesting because I, I kept going sort of back and forth on possibilities. But even though he didn't have a great year last year, thought about retirement, Sean McVay is still number two for me. I mean, that's still a guy who a couple years ago was the Super Bowl champ. Uh, He was a guy who really came in and changed that organization. Uh, I think you have to put him uh, at number two. Number one. I love Bill Belichick, and he should be on any top five list. I don't know if he's been that lately in the post-Tom Brady era. Andy Reid is that guy right now, I think, in the NFL. I think he's the number one coach in the NFL. It's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's not just all the talent they have. Uh, it's it's the number one coach in the NFL, which is Andy Reid. Wow. That's my number one. Okay, so to recap, Myron Medcalf's ESPN Radio rank them top five coaches in the NFL. Sean Payton checking in at number five. Mike Tomlin number four. Sean McDermott number three. Sean McVay number two. And Andy Reid, number one. Great number one pick, by the way. Great number one a pick. A lot of Sean's. A lot of Sean's. Sean. I didn't realize. A lot realize. of Sean's, yeah. yeah. A lot of four. Are these randomly all four-letter first names? Sean, Mike, they Sean, Sean, yeah. Andy? Yeah. You know, Myron, I like your list. I think okay. there's a couple omissions that we need Probably. to discuss. You mentioned Bill Belichick. How, I, yeah. I know that it's not in a good place right now with the New England Patriots. Yeah. I know the debate rages on. How much was it Tom Brady? How much was it Bill Belichick when you talk about the Patriots' success? He still is historically one of the best coaches in the NFL and I think deserves to be on any top five list. I can't believe that you would omit him. All-time greatest coach of all time, certainly. But, you know, I don't know that we've seen that in the Mac Jones era necessarily. You know, so that that's not me saying he's like, Still a great coach, but I think the five guys I have on the list right now as coaches, I, I would I would put above him. If you told me I was starting a team, I'm taking these five guys over Belichick right now. Another name I'm going to throw out into the discussion, okay. Kyle Shanahan. The, yeah, the scheme yes. works. He can have any uh, – you or I could be under center and we could get the job sure. done. You know what I'm saying? Kyle Shanahan is – we're talking about Kyle Shanahan the way we used to talk about Sean McVay. I'm surprised he's not on the list. Definitely in consideration. If you told me top 10, Shanahan would be on that list for sure. Again, I think, you know, some of these are interchangeable. You know, I think there, there are probably 10 really, really good coaches in the NFL. Uh, but, but these guys have the edge. A bunch of these guys have Super Bowls. 
which I think matters. I think four of my five have Super Bowls. And then there's Sean McDermott, who could win one this year. So I, I think that certainly matters. All right, I'm going to give you another name coming up next okay. that I think should have been on Myron Medcalf's ESPN Radio Rankum top five coaches in the NFL list. Plus, we want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. What do you think of the top five coaches list? We're going to weigh in on that next. It's Joe and Amber. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Expected. The people are angry. They're angry with my partner here tonight, Myron Medcalf. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Myron Medcalf just gave his ESPN Radio rank them top five NFL head coaches. The list is as follows. Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, Sean McDermott, Sean McVay, and checking in at number one, Andy Reid. I think most people probably don't have a problem with that. But the phone lines have lit up. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's get to Leo in Ohio. Leo, what did you want to say about Myron's list? Well, I love the Andy Reid pick at one. Um, I do criticize the Sean McVay a little bit, but I like the respect. I think I'd probably put him at five, bump Sean Payton out, just because he, he proved a lot. I mean, he obviously won a Super Bowl with the Saints, but I think that right now, going into his first year, um, that I think I would rather have McVay there. And at second, I would put Shanahan. I I put Shanahan there at two above those other guys. I think anyone has – I mean, Jimmy G made a lot – had a lot of playoff success, and I just don't think that he's a top-tier quarterback. That's fair. Yeah, Shanahan, I mean, certainly could have a spot. You know, he's been a great – Great coach. I mean, I got five spots, you know. And I think the <laughs> thing about Sean Payton is, I think Sean Payton, I mean, he left on his own. It's not like he got fired from the Saints. He decided to leave, and now he's decided to come back. So I think he's still generally regarded as like a top five coach in the NFL. But, hey, I, I respect the disagreements, Michelle. I respect the disagreements, too, which is why I'm going to throw another one at you. Where is Doug Peterson on this list? He's yeah. won a Super Bowl he took what was a big, giant mess in Jacksonville and turned it around in short order and put Trevor Lawrence right back on track. I think Doug Peterson was not really yeah. at fault in the big disaster in Philly. That was a, a a power struggle between the front office and the quarterback. And poor Dougie P and his great head of lettuce got caught in the middle. And I think he's yep, proving yep. what a great head coach he is in Jacksonville. Strong consideration. Him, Shanahan, uh, uh, you know, there have been some other guys, uh, Zach Taylor, um, Minnesota. I think Kevin O'Connell has been a good coach. I mean, so there have been some, some good names, but I just think these five, again, four of my guys have Super Bowls and the fifth guy, Sean McDermott, I think could win one this year. So one guy who's won a Super Bowl, it's been a minute, but you know, if we were, we're having this conversation, I think his name needs to be brought to the table. I want to know if you considered Pete Carroll. Would he have, was he even in consideration for your top five? Not, I mean, top 10. So I think here's the other thing, right? Pete Carroll is from that throwback era of like being more of a game manager. You know, like, I don't know that he's, uh, he, he wasn't really running the offense or defense. He's just a really, really good game manager, which that means something. But in terms of coaches, if you told me clutch moment, who do I want on the sidelines running my team? Uh, I don't know if it's the guy who 
should have run the ball uh, instead yeah. of throwing it in the Super Bowl. So that's all. Well, let's bring in some reinforcements here. Mordecai and Raleigh. Okay. Mordecai, Mordecai, who do you think should have been added to the list? Yeah. Hey, folks, how you doing? Myron, oh man, I'm so totally disappointed <laughs> in you and this bad? list. Oh, oh Pete Carroll, it's got to be Pete Carroll. Uh, I, I, how could you possibly have Sean um, Sean Payton uh, on this list before uh, before you know Pete Carroll in favor of of um, uh, you know I, I just don't even know what to say. I, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words because because <laughs> I know bad. it's got to be Pete Carroll in there. Pete Carroll should at least be be second. I would put Pete Carroll number one. I would put you know if anything, it's got to be longevity. Huh? If anything, and you talking <laughs> and you're talking about him not being a game manager. Come on, Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll is a fantastic coach. He's got he's got longevity. He coached well at USC. I mean, it's got Pete Carroll has got to be on your list. Pete Carroll has got to be on anybody's list. Oh, he's listen. I respect it. I, I understand the Pete Carroll love. And again, this is this is my five. So so it's not me saying that those guys aren't great coaches. It's just my five guys. Andy Reid, we know what he's done. He has the best team in football. He's the reason Kansas City is where it's at. Is Sean McVay, one of the best. Because I think I could win with Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. See, I don't. And I love I Andy like Reid. I had him at number one on my list. But I I think if if we're talking about good situations, he had he had some pretty good talent, including the guy under center who's the best in the league. Yeah, but he's calling those plays. I he mean, is, Andy and Reed, I love him. Mahomes in his style to be able to put him in a system that works and allows him to do what he wants to do. Andy Reid, I think, is a big part of that. Mahomes might be the greatest of all time one day. So that's obviously a factor. But, you know, if we're going to praise Bill Belichick for what he did with Brady, you got to give Andy Reid credit for what he's been able to do, I think, with Mahomes. Sean McVay, I think, is one of the best young coaches in the NFL. Uh, last year, you know, hmm. was just a disaster, but he's been great before that. Sean McDermott, I think, again, has maybe the best team in football. If they can clean up all the off-the-field drama, Mike Tomlin, it's not just longevity, it's – this team, this Pittsburgh team, has had so many years where they should have been bad, and somehow he avoids that. And then I think Sean Payton, again, he left the Saints. It's not like they kicked him out. He left, uh, took a break, but I don't think that changes his status as a top-five coach. Let's take one more call. Chris in Colorado Springs. Chris, who would you have added to the list? I would actually take Sean Payton off. Even though he left, he hasn't won the Super Bowl since 2009. I would actually replace him with Doug Peterson. Peterson's won one, one more recently, and uh, he, I think he's a better coach right now because Sean Payton hasn't won anything for 14 years. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess if that's how you want to look at it, but I still think uh, those Saints teams – uh, there's been consistency, and he was a big part of why that franchise became one of the powerhouses in the NFL. So, and, and he's a big reason why the Walmart family gave him a gazillion dollars to try to restore Denver. I mean, there's yeah. a reason for that. So, you know, it's, it's my five. That's all. It's my five, Michelle. How how fun was that for you to have all the callers come in and have me and tell me up I was with terrible, pick it apart. <laughs> It was like when I had that haircut from like age 12 to 18.
Shout out to Brittany. Team Brittany. Glad, glad she's free. He's Myron Medcalf. I'm Michelle Smallman. Thank you so much to Nick Cardi, who's been running the board, and James Steele, our excellent producer. You can be mad at more lists on Freddie Fitzsimmons, which is next on ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.